This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And this is Father Joseph Anthony Kress. Welcome to God's Plating. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Plating wherever you listen to your podcasts. Father Joseph Anthony. What's up? How you doing? Just peachy. Really? Yeah. I hate Lent. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, I keep saying that at the parish, not like from the pulpit, but it's Please a bad don't. thing. Yeah. No, I know it's a bad thing. But like when we're like planning stuff, it's like Lent. Gosh, it's tough. I like Advent. Advent's Every, awesome. Everybody loves Advent. It's just. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Some people like Lent. Well, I don't. Weirdos. It's tough. That's why I'm it's a baby. Tough. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what really it is. What kind of programming are you doing anything different on campus what's what's going uh, on for Lent? yeah i mean lent is sometimes uh, it throws a curveball in the campus ministry world because we typically have spring break in the middle of it yeah and so it depends on when spring break hits when ash wednesday hits and you're trying to like work out all these pieces but we generally do some kind of days of reflection or um things like that we always do um some mission trips um this year we're doing domestic trips um across the nation and things like that so it's just offering the, those opportunities to our students to make sure that they're engaged um, in, in acts of charity uh, through that. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a beautiful thing that those acts of charity and those opportunities when we take spring break to do that um, coincides with Lent. Yeah. And so that you yeah, can yeah, actually then well. really talk about, um, you know, what does it mean to do almsgiving and uh, different acts of uh, mission or charity in that way. So, we're afforded that opportunity, which I always appreciate um, being in Lent and having that um, instead of looking at spring break as like, oh, I want to take a vacation, but I can't because it's Lent and I yeah. can't like treat yourself during Lent. Um, that's not an official uh, instruction of the church uh, during that's Lent. Right. You cannot treat yourself, um, yeah. but you should increase your penance and yeah. prayer and almsgiving. That's great. Nice. We're doing similar things at the parish, too. Um not so much the mission trips, but um, the kind of like what um, I guess increased prayer and that sort of thing. So yeah. like Friday stations, we have weekly holy hour confession in the evening. We're not like big enough in the area to do like a penitent service type thing. Okay. So kind of on a weekly basis offering a additional confession time yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and whole time for a holy hour Eucharistic adoration. Um, we don't, there's this, I don't know if it's weird, but it's different custom at the parish. Instead of doing like the traditional kind of like Friday fish fry mm -hmm. kind of thing, they mm -hmm. do, um, or we do, it's not they, it's we, we do this sort of, um, soup supper on yeah. Wednesdays. So a little simpler thing with a, with like a spiritual talk too, and that, mm -hmm. which is always has like a great turnout from people. So yeah, it's nice. Like I said, I don't really, Lent's not my favorite time, but there's a lot that's going on. That's, that's good. So awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're here not to talk about my not liking Lent, my <laughs> sufferings uh, through the season of Lent, but to talk about um, the issue, the topic. Issue. It could be an issue. Isn't it an issue? It might be for some people. It could be. Yeah, 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 for sure. Maybe we'll get into that. But yeah. we're here to talk about the the role of praise and worship music yeah, in yeah, yeah. Catholic life. Absolutely. Um, so at least by way of starting the conversation, starting our consideration of it, um, mm -hmm. I think it's it's at least helpful to like pitch or set up this sort of problem, the issue, the question, not a problem, but you know, just like, why are we talking about this? Right. right so right, right. Um, super quickly, people might, you know, those of you who are listening might already be able to put together the, the sort of dispute about where does praise and worship music fit within Catholic living. And yes. um, I think we can look at it in two kind of worlds that mm -hmm. aren't um, mutually exclusive, but have different kind of, uh, yeah, what, uh, 
ways by which we relate differently or in different aspects, okay. context, how we relate to the Lord. So on the one hand, we I think we can talk about our own spiritual life, our own prayer life, our own mm-hmm. devotion, that sort of thing. Yep. And the other world, um, we can talk about Catholic liturgy, worship specifically, more the sort of formal kind of, right. um, yeah, worship of the church. So we'll talk about both. But I guess the question then, the, the problem, the question that I was kind of like going to throw out is, well, where does it fit? Is praise and worship an appropriate form music, praise and worship Mm -hmm. music? Is it appropriate to Catholic life? Is it appropriate to Catholic liturgy on the one hand? Mm -hmm. And is it appropriate for Catholic spirituality, devotion, these sort of things? I think, I think I I would wager to guess, and uh, perhaps this will be fleshed out as we talk through things. The spiritual life devotion is probably less problematic mm-hmm. or people there would be less of a divide of sort of this is good bad yeah, yeah, yeah as opposed to the liturgical side i think on question like talking about does praise and worship fit into like the mass for yeah. example people i think have stronger opinions on Absolutely. that sort of world so mm-hmm. um before getting into that though i guess it, i don't know i think we both have had positive experiences mm-hmm. or relationships to praise and worship music so I would, yeah. I mean, I'm going to come out of the gate really strong okay. and say I'm pro praise and worship, and both worlds. Yeah. Okay. I, I, but I think you have to be intentional about it. I think it can be done really, really well. And yeah. if we approach it and have true musicians that are um, assisting and understand its proper place and not turning it into a performance and things like that, yeah. even in a devotional setup, right? A non-liturgical setup, if, even if it's a devotional thing, like we have to make sure that this isn't performance-based, yeah, you know, and that it, it can truly be, uh, you know, non-liturgical, but in, in, a, in a way that is leading towards uh, a way or leading towards God himself. And it can be done that way. So, I, I, yeah, I think just coming out strong out the gate, like I think some of my my uh, most beautiful encounters with the Lord have been assisted by praise and worship, and that includes even in the mass. Yeah. Uh, so there are really really beautiful things, and I I'm going to say out of the gate, I'm pro praise and worship, but um, I also think that it's important to say like, well, let's then be intentional about it because it's not something that you can just like then unleash and say, then it's all okay. No, we have to, there are some aspects and some ways to do that. And maybe probably the, the common experience of it isn't appropriate. Yeah. Right. Just because the common experience isn't appropriate doesn't mean that we should just throw it all away. Um, I think we can clarify that, fine tune it, and then um, see its proper place uh, yeah. in that. There's always, always, always going to be hierarchy of liturgical music and things like that. I don't think anybody, uh, I, I do not want to make the argument that it should be the pride of place. Right. That is yeah. not the present worship pride of pr- place in lit- liturgy in the mass is always going to be chant. Right. You know, and yeah. sacred music, polyphony, those types of things always have the pride of place. Um, but there may be other places where praise and worship is also appropriate. So Father Joseph Anthony comes down on the side of great, Let's go for it. I think it can be done. You well. Came out strong. You mm-hmm. said that. So I'm gonna. I I will hold a more nuanced uh, position on it. So and in my own experience too, and you know, praise and worship uh, had a big part in my sort mm-hmm. of. So I don't. I don't like the the word or like. I'm just not that I don't like it. I don't know if it's like a, a great description of what a lot of 
people go through in college of like coming to the faith. Like I, I didn't have a big conversion in college cause I never really fell away from the faith, but I wasn't really practicing the faith, a you know, like, a, yeah, faith, right. Right. Like, and yeah. yeah. And praise music was part of, was part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, in various ways. And I listen, I do listen to a good bit of it outside of, you know, like oh, yeah. outside of whatever, just it's like on Spotify and that sort of thing. So in that world, I'm, I'm, I'm very pro the liturgy. I'm less pro, mm -hmm. um, perhaps than you. And, yeah. uh, and I think that comes down to a sort of, well, what is, what does the, as, as you were just saying, what does the church recommend? Mm -hmm. What is the point of, um, of music in our worship? And then what does it do? I think like in an, we could say, uh, I was going to say kind of like an anthropological, like what is it, right. how does music right. like affect us as human beings? Yes. And if, and I think we can talk about that, but like if it does have an effect on us, an intellectual and an emotional and spiritual effect on yeah. us, then what is it uh, that we're feeding ourselves or being fed with, you mm -hmm. know, and, and how is it, how does that then affect our relationship with the Lord? So I think, why don't we, you, you mentioned this um, with respect to chant, sort of the pride of place. Let's right. talk about liturgical world yeah. first. Okay, let's go with it. Why not? Um, so the church, the church recommends types of music for worship. Yes. Um, you can this, especially from the second Vatican council and mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the U S bishops have this, have these documents that recommend this is how the church worships in its, in its fullness. And as you mentioned, the, the type of music that is most proper to the, to the Roman liturgy, the liturgy that we celebrate in the yeah. Roman Catholic church, um, that has pride of place is chant and most typically Gregorian chant. That's what we'd be used to. I don't know if many parishes, I would say the majority of parishes uh, don't experience a sort of like chant mass. It's kind of a combination of things, yes. you know, yeah, yeah. you have hymns, you have different things and you might have chant like for the ordinary, like the Sanctus or the Holy, Holy, Holy mm -hmm, might be mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. chant setting. Um, so the church kind of lays out, it's like chant polyphony, which is kind of more, it's not hymnody, but it's moving it's like lines. Multi-part. Yeah. Um, kind of, if you yeah. think kind of traditional Catholic stuff and then hymnody. So the hymns that we sing. Um, and then if, if we look at what instruments the church recommends, it's first the voice yes, and then the organ mm -hmm. and then other instruments. It doesn't ban, there's not like a, a, a prohibition against other types of music, but that's like, like you mentioned, there's this hierarchy. Yes. Um, so I'll say this and then, you know, you can, I don't know, whatever, say what you want about it. But at least with respect to chant, the, the reason why chant is recommended, right? Is mm -hmm. that be is because chant does two things. One, it has a simple line. Yeah. So it doesn't have like with polyphony, you have these moving lines with hymns, you have the harmonies and you know, these kind of things at least played on the organ, but chant has a single line, which, so that allows you to focus not so much on the music, mm -hmm. um, like on the notes and stuff, but more on the text. Yeah. And what the text of the chant and the tradition does is that it it promotes the the scriptures mm -hmm. and particularly the scriptures of the liturgical season. So that way, through everything, what's what's proclaimed from the pulpit, what the prayers that are read and what's sung, kind of it's all of a piece. You have mm -hmm. all these things working together, continually feeding, continually feeding you with the scriptures. So at least there's this sort of sense that the church wants to give us that in our worship, it it all fits. You know, it all fits of a piece. Now, Absolutely. is chant the only way that that can fit together? Well, no, even the church has polyphony, hymnody, and other forms of music. But I think as Catholics, we have to affirm that there's this tradition and there's this tool that chant is that gives us yeah. this sort of relationship to Christ and the liturgy and all of that. 
Yeah, I mean, you're hitting the and really, really important point is there's an integrity in the liturgy. Right, that's a good way to put it, yeah. music helps to glue together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But now if music becomes kind of fractured or it's fracturing the liturgy and the experience of that, then that's a problem. Right. Right? Yeah. So the music, no matter what style, I really could care less. We could, I can see moments too where Gregorian chant can be fracturing you know, distracting and, and things like that. But the church has always instructed that the liturgical action is a singular action, right? Multiple people are involved. Multiple things are happening. It takes, you know, a while. It takes, you know, yeah. a full hour and things like that. But it's a, it's a, it's a singular action and it has to be, there's an integrity involved in that. Yeah. And so music helps to serve that integrity and where does it draw its source? Okay, it draws its source from the scriptures. It draws its source from this specific action that's happening at that time, right? right. Think of um, the Gloria. Okay, yeah, there's beautiful text in front of that, right? But it also looks at what's where it happens sequentially in the liturgy, right? Yeah. So its musicality has to match its place in right. the liturgy, you know, and all these other things. So all of that has to be taken into account when we start talking about the musicality that's being involved. Unfortunately, I think our common experience of music in the church is that of entertainment. And often not good. And poor. Yeah. Uh, that poor entertainment. Thank yeah. you. Like, and the reason why is because we approach so much of our world based on entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so it's like zero people have such small, if not non-existent habits of religious worship. All they, but they have really strong habits of entertainment. Yeah. And so they step into a church and they immediately switch into trying to be in an entertainment optic. And that's why then it, music is like, oh, this music has to be good and entertaining for it to be appropriate. Right. And that's not the case. That's not how the church looks at this. Yeah. There's one of the things that I like to kind of point out in conversations here is is what does the music do mm -hmm. for us in that? And I think mm -hmm. that integrity of worship is is a really good way to put it because the music is supposed to draw us in not to something that makes me feel good on subjective terms. Yes. Right? Like it's not about going to mass is not about feeling good. It's about worshiping God. The faith is not a feeling. Right. Love, I mean, charity is not a feeling. Right. I mean, our emotions, obviously, you're not saying this, our, that our emotions aren't involved. They are. But, like, that's not why we... I don't want us to be robots. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> but the, the point here is that we worship God. So yes, yes. whether what the music and the liturgy, whatever type of music it is, and I think chant does this in ways that is more... That has less pitfalls in ways mm -hmm. as opposed to sort of sometimes praise and worship music that, like, mirrors kind of what we hear on the radio. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Chant is, in a way, a safer kind of thing we could even say because it, it's more conducive to in ways to draw us into prayer yeah and i think this is and what i was going to say is that something that i i like to reiterate is that we don't come into a church to feel like to be self-soothed now that might be you know there ought to be consolations in prayer there ought you know right. but okay. the point here is to worship god it's to be led into friendship with god to be mm -hmm. um united to him through especially at mass you know like through that sacrifice of the mass and um 
stepping into a church, and this is what I hate. I can say that very strongly. Wow. What I hate about like modern church architecture yes. and modern church art is that it does not provide for a sort of transcendent, exper transcendent experience that is different. Like when we step into the world, we ought to be like, it ought to be a timeless, ex uh, sorry, when we step out of the world into a church, we ought to enter in this sort of like timeless experience. This sort of like, I don't know, like foretaste of eternity where it's different. It, it smells yeah. different. Yeah, it yeah. looks different. It feels different. It's quiet. The, the, there's this vast space that like draws our mind and our heart to God mm -hmm. and all of that, all of those pieces. And that's, what's beautiful about Catholic liturgy when it's done well. Yes. And that's, what's beautiful about liturgical music yes. is that, that it's not for itself. Like you were saying, like it's not a form of entertainment, yep. but it draws the heart and the mind into the worship of God. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. if we can do that with different forms of music while respecting and, and observing what the church um, recommends and mm -hmm. sees as like pride of place other time, you know, then, then great. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, that's where I'm going to then start making the apology for praise and worship. Sure. Okay. okay. Because like, I think these things, unfortunately they're always polarized against each other mm -hmm. chant versus praise and worship and um they're always and i and i've luckily enough we we experience this at our parish in charlottesville right now we have a fantastic director of music who's integrating the antiphons and chant into that and then having you know choirs whether that's a hymnody choir or you know later in the evenings for um some of our evening masses we have a praise and worship um you know choir band whatever you want to call it but there's the respect to the liturgy that the antiphons are the driving force, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and those it's, antiphons match, they're given by- By the church, by the, this liturgy. Right, and they match, the text matches the weekend and these sort and of things. whatever follows that, whatever hymn, whatever praise and worship is in line with that antiphon, right? right? And the reason why is then you have this like ability to have um, the text moving, in, in drawing you into the liturgy itself. You have the clarity with it that's assisting with the prayers. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, once again, we can talk about this. Gregorian chant is, I, I think you can say, you, you said it's like kind of simple in that sense, but I do think it's a little bit of an acquired taste, sure. especially when it's done in Latin, which that language is not very accessible yeah. right now. Um, but a beautifully done uh, text or in, hymn in English or a praise and worship song that has that that is in line with that text can help drive prayer and yeah. help lead to contemplation, help lead to worship in that sense. So I I think that there's a way to actually let them both shine side by side. Yeah, and and really yeah. let that happen. Um, that I don't I don't believe in that exclusivity to that. I do believe in the pride of place though. Yeah. Right. I do think there is a pride of place and that should never neglect it. But the others can support that. This is the last thing uh, like I'll say on this entire thing is that with all the music, like it has to be in service of the liturgy. In right. service of the sacrifice that's happening on the altar. Right. When it starts to lead away from that, it starts to distract from that, then that's it. And so this is why when we look at, you know, which songs are sung, we look very closely at the text and make sure it's actually presenting the faith. Right. right, and not that something is, that just sounds pleasing, and like the text is is yeah, you know, misrepresenting the truth about the Eucharist or about Our Lady, you know. Or, and this yeah. is why, like, even praise and worship hymns, they should be somewhat contemplative. Yeah, um, they're not going to be just emotion driven to excite. Right, we can actually sanctify our emotions through music, and there's a humanity in that, and that's beautiful. We can feel things in the liturgy. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. We know, we know that it's not simply a feeling, but we should allow ourselves to feel yeah, in the liturgy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And music can assist that in a really, really beautiful way, but it's not manipulating to force a specific feeling, right? It's right. giving that opportunity uh, for that. So I think that it's like, we shouldn't be scared of music and we shouldn't be scared of it leading us to a depth of prayer and actually being moved by liturgy. I mean, you can be moved by a beautiful piece of polyphony or a meditation of the Ave, you know, uh, or the Ave sung in the meditation post-communion. These are moving pieces. Yeah. And I've experienced that in the very same moments with beautiful, um, you know, praise and worship songs in, in the liturgy in Eucharistic adoration and all these moments. So I think when if we start to step back and say like, okay, what, what's its place? What's the text? What's it communicating? How is it being presented? Like the actual playing of the piece? Is it not performance based? Is it actually yeah. leading towards worship? Um, it then has its place, but it should, it will never have the pride of place that right. chant and polyphony has within the church's life. Yeah. Yeah, so that that pride of place um, bit that we've talked about a couple times is, I think, it is an important uh, thing for us to keep in mind. And so I, I think it's sort of a question for me: is like, okay, well, where does where does praise and worship music lead? And that's that that's sort yeah, of a bigger yeah, yeah. question of what is the end of of like music in our mm-hmm. in our worship mm-hmm. and in our in our prayer? And I think you've you've pointed out a few things that are are true, like. Is it at the service of the liturgy or does like the praise band or the organist or whomever like oh, yeah. keep going? One of my biggest pet peeves is like when I'm ready to say the next prayer, when I'm celebrating mass uh-huh. and like we're starting another verse of the hymn. It's like, no, no, the liturgy is moving, moving and I'm not here to wait for you, yeah. you know, because it's of a piece. This isn't a performance. It's like it's. Oh, yeah. So and there's a 25 minute like. Yeah, we organ have. concert in the middle of the offertory. You're like, oh, yeah, this right. is a totally different thing but also we've seen you know the praise leader take control mm-hmm. of you know of the, the, of the, the liturgy the gloria yeah. and it's like oh my gosh so i think you're you're bringing up a really good point like you has to understand and be attentive to the liturgy that's happening and making sure that like i said the image i use is like it's the glue that kind of keeps yeah. that movement happening right so my i guess to sort of think about liturgy and then also as we were talking about this sort of our, our own devotion our spiritual yeah, life kind yeah, of bridging yeah. that together is like what is the end what is it is it just as you were kind of talking about is it just for the sort of emotional kind of fulfillment or is music in our worship and in our prayer or if we're even just like listening in the car or like whatever what what is it drawing me towards and it has to be we have to constantly think um is this helping me to come one to know the lord Mm -hmm. and to love the lord Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think is is sort of a shallow way to approach it is sort of like, well, what did I... To think about our time in prayer, whether it's my own time, whether it's like in the car listening to music, whether it's at mass as well, what did I feel in this? Yeah. It's like, yeah, emotions, feelings, they're part of who we are and they're part of our worship. But the end has to be, it's like, what have I come to learn about the Lord? How is he revealing my himself to me? And uh, you know, how is he inviting yeah. me yeah. to love him mm-hmm. more? And if if music is just a sort of entertain, just has an entertainment value, then that needs to be reassessed. Yeah. Um, whether that's praise and worship, whether that's 
polyphony with a big choir, whether it's like a big orchestra, what, whatever yeah. it might be, you know, it, that has to be reassessed um, if it's just a sort of emotional thing. And yeah. sometimes I've described this might be this is this is my hot take. So, oh, hey, you might not like it, but I'm not. Uh, sometimes I describe <laughs> praise and worship music, especially in a liturgical or prayer context as sort of junk food Catholicism. Mm. The reason for this is because um, it has often, if we appeal just to the sort of emotional fix, like I just need to feel something, you know, mm -hmm. I need to drum up these emotions. I need to feel sad or I need to feel like oh. really happy yeah. or I need, you know, whatever it might be. Then we sort of get this like, uh, like praise, like praise music can, can be like that junk food fix where it's like tastes really good in the moment, but like it really doesn't fill you. It yeah. really doesn't draw you in. It's just that like quick fix and then you need more. I don't think it has to be that way, but I think that is yeah. a pitfall of of sort of when our when our spiritual life and the way in which we worship closely mirrors onto like pop music, for yeah. example, or yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Now, does it have to be that way? No, yeah. but is that a pitfall to worry about, especially in our devotion, prayer, and worship? I think it is. I think we just have to call a spade a spade and um, that can be and a I danger. Think, yeah, you know, we can talk about devotions in all of this way, but when we're talking about praise and worship as a devotion, like that's its natural kind of temptation. Yeah. You know, uh, rosaries and Divine Mercy chaplets and other things have their natural temptations as well. Sure. But we're dealing with music. Music of its very nature is emotional. So like when that's overdone, it's going to go to an extreme and that's its natural te temptation. Right. So like, I think you're, you're saying like, just be aware of that. Right. Because not that, um, any type of music because music addresses the emotions. Right. Um, and we hear St. Augustine talking about how, you know, only the lover sings and, and things like that. Like there's this deep understanding of um, the emotional capacity of which music taps into, speaks from, and things like that, but that could always go too far. Yeah. And it become just based on that. So it's like that awareness to say like, okay, this is its temptation of this genre. Mm -hmm. And so to be aware of that and say like, is it now in, in a prudential way addressing that, sanctifying that, or is it becoming the substance of it? Yeah. Is, is its excess the substance? And if that's the case, then that's a problem right. as well. Yeah, um, I think that's a good way to put it. And like, yeah, it just there, there's some really, really beautiful moments. And I know this is a little of a, a kind of a personal take on these things. Like the reason why I, I love praise and worship so much. And I mean, Please it's, tell it's, me. it's not yeah. uh, it's not something that is going to be pretty shocking, especially to my, to my students and, and, and friends is like I love music. Like, I really, really love music. I have a very eclectic musical taste. But part of the reason I love that is um, I'm not very articulate and I cannot express myself very well. But singers, songwriters, they can always, like, I can say, like, yes, I've felt that before. I, I've had that experience or that's yeah. what I've always wanted to say and never could it find the words or things like that. I've had that tremendous experience in prayer with praise and worship, you know, Um there, there's all these songs and I'm not going to plug all of them. I wish I wish I could. But like the amount of times I just go in the chapel late at night and I'll, I'll, I'll put on my earbuds because it's like I want to speak to the Lord and I know I'm struggling, I'm hurting, but the only way I can do it is with this song. And so like it provides that place for me in a, in a very devotional life. Yeah. So I know that we've we started off talking about the liturgy and now we're kind of moving into its role in our devotional life. But just as an example for me, I use praise and worship as that way to speak to the Lord because I'm 
I'm an idiot. I don't know how, I don't know how to use words good. Okay. That's but other people yeah. do. Yeah. And so I can borrow their words. Yeah. And, and, and then give them to the Lord as my prayer. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever worn like headphones to listen to music in the chapel. I'm not against it. I don't think you should do that when other people are there. And I know that's not, no, what I'm not doing. like putting them on speakerphone. No, I know <laughs> that that's not what I'm saying, but it is, but I had a conversation recently. I mean, relatively recently with, with somebody who about music, it wasn't like in depth about this, but yeah. someone said um, something like they don't, I forgot what it was. It doesn't matter, but they, they really like where for like reading for some people really helps them like settle yeah. and listen yeah. and like listen to our Lord and be like music for him played that role where yeah. it's like, it draws you in, it settles, it clears them mind, you know? And like, so I think that's, that can be a very helpful thing mm-hmm. for people. And um, yeah, I think just kind of, so final, I don't know, final takeaways, Father Joseph Anthony hates anything in liturgy that's not praise and worship exactly. and all the laser lights that you can get. I want, the, I want the best experience. I want fog machines. Uh, that's right. Yeah, laser lights. Yeah. Um, I want people repelling from the domes, just like, wow. you know, full Mission Impossible style. Yeah. The epiclesis. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Really We need beautiful. to make this as huge of a performance is as we can have it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I want to spend a million and a half Amen. dollars. Okay. Sorry. Amen. Yeah. All of that is sarcasm, by the way. That is not <laughs> what I, I desire in the liturgy. I want a deep encounter with the Lord Jesus. Well, and I think that's it, right? The, that's it's, it. It's that encounter with our Lord. It's being drawn into something bigger than ourselves in the midst of the liturgy and in our in our prayer. And yeah. it's it's allowing I think the the sort of humility of the Christian life mm-hmm. that that it's not you know, yeah, it's an invitation to share yeah. to share our life with God, to share His life. It's an invitation to worship Him. It's an invitation to be um, loved and healed by Him. And like as you were saying before, it's all of an integral whole of what yes. we do. And um, we have to, I think, trust Holy Mother Church and her recommendations and the and the wisdom and the prudence behind these recommendations. And also, we can't um, we can't sort of be more Catholic than the church is Catholic. So mm-hmm. there, I think there are appropriate times for praise and worship and there aren't appropriate times. And it's, yeah. it's finding, you know, trusting the church's guidance, using the, you know, prudence here, but also being drawn into to this relationship with our Lord. So I think if we do that, we're probably on, you know, safe ground. Is Absolutely. that the phrase? Is that the phrase? Safe ground, sound ground, solid ground, solid ground, solid ground. We Rock. got there. Yes. Okay. All right. The Rock there. We're going to end with The Rock. Okay, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Godsplaining. Please be sure to like and subscribe to Godsplaining wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to help support the project, please check out our Patreon page. All of those links are in the in the show notes below. One exciting thing uh, to announce on this episode as we're getting closer to the summer, the summer's coming, um, is uh, that we are hosting uh, an all-comers retreat like we did last summer, again this summer, in June, uh, June 16th through 18th. Um, at the Malvern Retreat Center in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Um, so if you're interested in that retreat, there's a lot more information on our website, godsplanning.org. Thanks so much for tuning in. Know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us. And until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.